the viewer. I apologize. Welcome back, Tom Brady. The G-O-A-T. The GOAT is back. He's back. He came out of retirement. I uh, did not expect that at all. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but I'm happy that he's back. We'll talk about the impact that Tom Brady has had on him unretiring and joining back with Tampa. We'll also talk about all of the free agency action that happened uh, today. Some very, very important, interesting stuff like the Vikings re-signing Kirk Cousins, the Dallas Cowboys as well. Who can, I mean, who can not talk about the Cowboys? As well as kind of a disastrous offseason that the Browns are having as well as Washington. Washington is having like the worst offseason um, probably in the last couple of years. Uh, I can't wait to talk about Washington. Actually, let me write down Washington. Oh, yeah, I already did. I already did. Oh, man, we got a great one coming up for you today, ladies and gentlemen, right here. 24 Spockets. as you are nirvana unplugged i was actually i was going to put up the 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 song i'm coming home i'm coming i think from skylar uh gray or something like that that's what her name is but then i was just like yeah i don't know i'm just like yeah i feel like everybody's covered tom brady coming back Uh, I'm like reading. I'm like Times New Roman is ten is trending. The font. I'm like, why is that? Why is that trending? I gotta know why. And then it was just, I don't know why. It was just people complaining about Times New Roman because it apparently it it's like it's apparently the only font that looks professional. Even though there's like a bajillion fonts that look professional. I don't know. Anyways, um, <clears throat> yes. Let's start off with Tom Brady is back. Tom Brady is back. Feels like everybody has talked about it. Um, I'll lightly go into it. Just be, you know, just, just like, like, I feel like everybody's talked about it all day long today. I'm not gonna lie to you, which is why I'm like, I, I mean, personally speaking, I love Tom Brady. I'm exhausted by Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, it's, it's the only thing people have talked about. I didn't even talk about him. Like people spit two weeks on him getting traded to the 49ers. And I was like, there's no way that Tampa is going to trade him to the 49ers. I, like, I, I just felt like that was not the case at all. But yikes, man. I, I'll i spend a little bit of time on it. I'm exhausted by it. I know probably you are as well. So just going to spend like two days on it. Not two days, like, like a couple of minutes on it. And then we'll get into Dallas because there's a lot of interesting stuff kind of developing in Dallas and brewing in Dallas. Speaking of Dallas, NFL Network has like one of the best games of the year on right now. Uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys game. It's week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pretty good football game. I'm just watching their like screen. I, I've like, like I've been, um, I've been listening to Jeff Cavanaugh, Jeff Cavanaugh, really, really awesome broadcaster, uh, kind of talk about the Cowboys and he was talking about their screen game. And one thing that I've noticed that the Cowboys do that, like literally every other team doesn't do is like. They're guys that, like, catch these screens. They just stand out, like, wide, even if, like, a DB is off. Like, C.D. Lamb is, like, will backpedal to make the throw, like, a little bit easier, and Tyron Smith will get out in space to, like, essentially help set up the screen. And it really, to help Tyron Smith with the block and to help the throw be a little bit easier and to, like, to just execute the play better, C.D. Lamb should run on the inside. He should, like, run towards Dak. And, um, and, and that would help set up the play better, but he just stands out there and then the DB gets there before Tyron can get there. And even JPP read it as well. It was, it was very, very choreographed. It was very well played by Tampa. 
But yeah, it's like one of the best games ever. Maybe not one of the best games ever, but it was one of the best games of last year, Dallas at Tampa. I watched this game like three times within the first couple of days. I was shocked at how awesome Dak Prescott was, like literally coming off of one of the, well, I mean, one of his worst injury, one of, not one of the worst injuries of his career, but the worst injury of his career. And he put up like 30-something points or 40-something points. He just got brady you know? Like Brady ran down the football field and, um, and you know, and won the game for them. I was just like, oh, he just got Brady. The Dallas Cowboys will be fine. Like, they gave it to Tampa for four straight quarters. Anyways, regardless, <clears throat> Tom Brady is back. The GOAT, the G-O-A-T, is back. He's going to be serving up something nice in Tampa. Uh, problem with Tom Brink being back is that not everyone is going to be back. And I was kind of interested in Deshaun Watson going to Tampa Bay. We will talk about Deshaun Watson to potentially the Saints and the Panthers. Let me write that one down. I think I did somewhere. Where did I, did I write it down? I remember writing D Watt as in like, it's a shortening of Deshaun Watson's name, but I just, I cannot find it. D Watt two. I feel like I wrote this down again. Panthers or Saints. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Back to Tom. Tom's back in Tampa. I'm happy for him. Uh, he gets another crack at the Super Bowl. His career, I mean, he's the greatest of all time. He's one of the greatest sports athletes of our generation. He's one of the greatest sports athletes. Um, he's, he's the greatest football player of all time. Some people would put dumb asterisks on his career saying, well, he has, he has the best career of all time. He had the best career. And I'm like, he's the best player of all time. He has the most wins. He has the greatest statistics, the most Super Bowls, greatest player, clutch player. I don't know what to tell you. It, like, he's the greatest of all time. Um, I mean, this makes, like, I thought Tampa Bay was kind of going to be a dumpster fire, to be honest with you, this year. Because they just didn't have a quarterback. Their options were, like, a backup and maybe, like, I, I forgot who it was. Blaine Gabbard, I think that's what his name is, or Brian Hoyer. I forgot which one is which. They're essentially the same player to me. And then they had Kyle Trask. And I thought that it would have been interesting for them to play Kyle Trask. And I thought that Kyle Trask was going to be kind of the, um, the, the not the backup plan, excuse me, but kind of the, like, the ascension plan. Like, okay, once we move off of Brady in the next couple of years, Kyle Trask will come in and play for us. I thought that was their plan. Apparently not. They're not going to use uh, Kyle Trask this year as a quarterback because Brady's coming back, and they were apparently lobbying hard for for Tom Brady to come back as well. So, you know, props to them. Happy for them. He's back. Tom is back. Very excited to see him play once again. And I don't know. It's, it's going to be a great year for Tom. Again, it's going to be a great year for the Bucks again. Their division is very weak. The NFC is very weak. And, you know, if you ask me right now, once again, I predicted it all year. I said it. I said, I don't know who's coming out of the NFC. I don't know who's going to come out of the NFC. I thought it was, I said this last year, a lot of times, I'll say it again this year. I don't know who's going to come out of the NFC. I think whoever's going to come out of the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl. And this is like one day in a free agency. I'm like, I'm pretty sure about that. I'm pretty sure it's going to be either Tampa Bay, Green Bay, uh, Dallas, or the Rams or the 49ers. Actually, we'll talk about Green Bay here because I don't think they're going to come out of the NFC anytime soon. But I think it's going to be Tom in Tampa, Dallas, the Niners. No, not the Niners. Scratch that, only three teams. Tom, Dallas, Rams. Those are the three teams. I think those are the three best-built teams. I think those three teams have the potential to come out of the NFC. And I think one of those three teams, mark my word, circle the date, is going to win the Super Bowl next year without even seeing a single snap. I'm like, look, they got – like, the NFC has the best collection of players. Those three teams have, like, the best collection of players in the NFL. Tom Brady, even with his guard retiring, he still has Donovan Smith. He still has 
uh, uh, Tristan Wirfs. He still has Mike Evans. They franchise tag Chris Godwin. They're going to need another running back. If they like, they're they're probably they they could get Kenneth Walker. For all I know, for all I care, they could get Kenneth Walker. They're like, here you go, Tom. Here's a running back. Here you go. They could get a guard as well. They could get Zion Johnson. They could get Kenyon Green. We'll do a mock draft simulator with Dallas and potentially uh, Tampa Bay. I was about to say Tampa, Tampa Bay, whatever. He won a Super Bowl. The mayor said that he was going to be the city. The, the, the mayor said that they get to call, fans get to call the city Tampa Bay when Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. He won it. It's Tampa Bay now. All right. So the four, not the 49ers, excuse me. Tampa got their boy. Tom is back. The defense will probably get an upgrade, but they, like, maybe not an upgrade. The defense was fine. They got, they, they had a lot of injuries. They could potentially get a cornerback in free agency, as well as in the draft. They re-signed Carlton Davis. They're one of their corners this year. He was, you know, all right. They may get somebody in the draft. Tampa looks to be in prime position once again to make a run for the third time in three years. Do not sleep on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. And welcome back to the NFL, Tom Brady. Thank God. Oh, my God. I was getting kind of lonely without him. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's talk about Dallas here for a second. So everybody's losing their mind. Oh, my God. Amari Cooper gets traded. Jesus Christ. What is Dallas doing? They re-signed an injury-prone wide receiver, Michael Gallup. Let me tell you something right now. I don't like it. I don't like it, but I don't like it. I don't hate it. And I get it, most importantly. Some people are like, oh, my God, my, like Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, like, why would they, why would they re-sign Michael Gallup? Let me show you something here. Let me show you kind of something interesting here. Let me show you something interesting. So I like type in some of these statistics here. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, beyond like Justin Jefferson, who I think had like, what was it, like 1,500 yards, somewhere close to that? Justin and Jeff, not Jeff Akuda, uh, what's his name? Debo. Like, Justin Jefferson gets a shit ton of yards, right? Yeah, he got like 1,600 last year. He had. 1400 the year before that right besides like justin jefferson and jamar chase awesome wide receivers in the nfl are guys like dj moore right dj moore consistently gets you around like 1100 yards 12 yards per catch you know four touchdowns he has been uberly consistent on that every single year year in year out he had a little bit more responsibility and his yards per catch were down but he had 93 catches 1,100 yards. He was great. He was great. Four touchdowns. You want to see that get up, but he was great. My thing about Michael Gallup, and I, I think he's an underrated receiver, but I think that how Dallas uses him is not necessarily the best, in my opinion, because I think he's just a yak guy. I think he can overpower a lot of players. I think he's an awesome wide receiver. I mean, look, Michael Gallup for the last couple of years if Dak Prescott was playing and if he wasn't hurt, Michael Gallup would be essentially DJ Moore. He would be an 1,100 guy, an 1,100-yard receiver. He gets like five touchdowns, five, six touchdowns every single year. Don't believe me? He had six touchdowns in 2019, 1,100 yards. 2020, 843 yards, five touchdowns. Again, that's the year Dak Prescott was hurt. And then in 2021, when he was hurt, he had 445 yards, two touchdowns, right, in like five games. He would have had 1,100 yards. And then the thing about it is, the most important thing, even though his yards per catch have kind of fluctuated a little bit, it's always around 12 to, uh, to 14, 16 yards per catch, which is insane. Like, usually you want your wide receivers, like a good to great wide receiver, will have 12 to 13 yards per catch. Michael Gallup is consistently hovering around that. Like, he, he was at 12.7 last year. So you mean to tell me that they get essentially a guy who's similar – to DJ Moore for like $12.5 million annually. He makes some spectacular catches, by the way, as I'm re-watching the Tampa Bay game here again. Makes spectacular catches. Look, I get it, you know. 
I don't like them signing a wide receiver who just came off of an ACL injury, who also had a calf injury that left him out of the uh, the team for like six to eight weeks. I don't like that at all. I don't like it. And then they released Amari, who's, in my opinion, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I don't like it. But I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And to be honest with you, I wasn't like super big on, you know, on on the whole aspect of like on the angle of we're going to keep Cedric Wilson and he's going to be our third wide receiver. To me, Cedric Wilson is like, I like Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson pops. He has some nice games. Miami signed him today. I'm I'm fine with Miami signing him today. If I'm like 100% honest with you, I don't like necessarily. I hope that Miami doesn't expect him to just come in and be like a number two or I, I mean, really, he's like a number three and he's flexible. He has position versatility, so you can do a whole lot with him. But I'm like, I really, really hope that they understand the player that they got. They did not get like a number two guy. And I think they do. But we'll see what happens. Miami is uh, frustrating at times. But yes, um, was I excited that they traded away Amari Cooper? No, not really, but I understand it. And it's going to be an interesting couple of years because this has like Patriot scheme written all over it in the sense of you release a player a year before they get out of their their prime versus releasing them two years after, you know? So I'm like, is Amari Cooper kind of exiting his prime? He didn't look like it this year, to be honest with you, but... We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be like a $20 million cap hit. Dallas saved a bunch of money by cutting him or technically trading him. And look, some people are, are going to complain about, well, they only got five, a fifth rounder for him, technically, because they swapped their six-round draft pick. Some people are like, well, they got a fifth round for him, 24. What did it, what? Like, eh. It's like, obviously, you would want more, but his contract is a killer. He's getting paid $20 million annually. It's just like, like there's just no way somebody's going to give you a lot of money. Like, it would it would be different if it was like Devontae Adams, right? Like, if Devontae Adams was up for, you know, up on the trading block, then obviously, like, like that would be not, yeah, Devontae Adams. Yeah, 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 Devontae Adams. It would be different if Devontae Adams was up on the trade block, but he's not Devontae. He's Amari. He's getting paid $20 million. Like, the reason why... You're freaking, you know, getting a fifth round draft pick for him is because he's getting paid twenty million. So that's why. So yeah, overall a pretty good contract. Low on the cap. It's the same deal Amari got essentially in the sense of you can get rid of Michael Gallup in two years if you want. They're making look. Dallas is making waves or ways for Ceedee Lamb to get his contract and Trevon Diggs. Okay. It's why they also kind of did the, um, what is it? The Demarcus Lawrence contract today. Speaking of CeeDee Lamb, let me show you something about CeeDee Lamb. Because CeeDee Lamb is a very, very interesting player, right? Talking about that 12 to 13 yards per catch, CeeDee Lamb had like 13.9 yards per catch. So almost like 14 yards per catch. He was insane, right? He stuttered during the middle of the season, but like six to five, like he's a six to five touchdown. He has, he has five touchdowns in his rookie season. And then in his uh, his second season, which was last year, he has six. Like, that's a lot of touchdowns for a wide receiver. Usually you're expecting like three, four, maybe five. CeeDee Lamb's getting five touchdowns easily like that, and he's only in his second year, and he's had consistent dysfunction at the quarterback position. His first year, Dak didn't play because he got hurt. Second year, Dak was inconsistent at the second half of the year. CeeDee Lamb really should have had like 1,400 yards. Let me show you something. Let me show you his game breakdown. You don't believe me? Let me show you his break game breakdown here. Let me show you something. Show you his splits. Let me show you his stats here. God damn, I hate ESPN. I got to go to their game logs. So, CeeDee Lamb, right, beginning of the season, he had 100 yards against Tampa, 81 against the, the Chargers, 66, 66 against Philly, and then his final time that he had over 100 yards was in Minnesota on Halloween night, the night that Dak, ironically enough, wasn't playing. And then there's some games where he got close to it, but he never had a 100-yard game again. Like, he had 51 yards 
against Arizona. He had 66 yards against Washington. And this is the game where Dallas scored 56 points. Okay. The final time that he had a touchdown was against Atlanta in, uh, in, um, on November 14th, right? So he didn't have a touchdown in almost two months. I see my point. It's weird, right? And he was still incredibly productive. That's the thing is that like whenever he caught the ball, like some of his, some of his yards, some of his games weren't very good. Like, um, when it came to yards per catch, but then you watch games like, uh, against Arizona where he had three receptions, 51 yards. And you're like, maybe you get the ball to him a little bit more, right? Same thing goes against Washington, 16 and a half yards four receptions. He has, I mean, he gets so like he gets some targets or sometimes he gets a lot of targets. Other times he doesn't. It's interesting. Just saying the new England game was easily his best game where he had two touchdowns, nine receptions, 11 targets, 149 yards, 16.6 yards per catch. Like CD lamb is like shock, not shockingly because it's not like that big of a shock to me. But he's like very, very quietly underrated as a wide receiver. And I think Dallas kind of is like, if we kind of swap both of them, if CeeDee Lamb gets some of those targets that Amari Cooper got, or if he got a lot of the focus as the offense, and if we kind of help scheme our offense around him, he would probably have and be a lot more productive than what he was. And I think that they understand that, which is why they're they're fine with Amari Cooper, and they'll probably build the team around Amari Cooper. At least that's what I think. Hold on. NBA. Trying to find a different basketball game on. I'm like, are the Lakers playing tonight? They were playing last night. No, they aren't. That sucks. Anyways, regardless, I think the Cowboys, I again, I don't like them moving on from Amari Cooper. But again, it makes sense. Like, to an extent, it makes sense. But, you know, it makes sense. Financially, of course. Like, I have their uh, their salary cap hit right now. They're, they're hit right now. Not how, like, not their hit. But their cap space is like $15 million right now. Like, they have enough money to go out and get some players. Hold on. Did they also, did over the cap add in Michael Gallup's contract? Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah, they have fifteen million. They're gonna figure it out. Right? Not figure it out, but I mean they got like they have some players. Or they have cap space for some players, excuse me. That's the objective. Hopefully they get somebody. Speaking of cap space to get some players, Demarcus Lawrence got re-signed, uh, Dallas's defensive end. He was the one that I was like, I'm fine if they move off of him because I felt like they were going to transition him, or not him, but DeMar not Demarcus, Micah Parsons to like a defensive end full-time. That does not look to be the case, which I'm kind of disappointed in. But it seems, but at the exact same time, there is some value in Demarcus. There's a lot of value in the sense of, there's a lot of value in Demarcus Lawrence in the sense of he's one of the best run-stuffing defensive ends in the NFL, maybe not one of the pat, best pass-rushing defensive ends in the NFL, and you could still have that position versatility with Micah Parsons, so he's not necessarily exclusively a defensive end, which, to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind it if he was. The only problem now is that you would hope that you would sign Randy Gregory as well. Randy Gregory is apparently in talks with the Denver Broncos. Apparently that's where he wants to go. But DeMarcus signed a $40 million contract over the cap has not updated their website yet. So I, I don't really have the understanding of how that will affect the cap here. I would assume what Dallas will do because DeMarcus Lawrence's cap hit is $27 million this year. I'm assuming in 30 million of his 40 million contract over the next three years is guaranteed. So I'm assuming that they're probably going to move his money around to make it way less stringent on their cap next year, or excuse me, this year, so that way they may be able to make some moves and do something. 
We'll see. We'll see. And I think they will probably do that. If if they aren't going to do that with Randy Gregory, here's the thing. They'll probably do that for the big boy, Bobby Wagner. I think I don't like how – and I talked about this on Friday. I talked about how Bobby Wagner is apparently in talks or was supposed to be in talks with the Cowboys today, Monday, of course. It's almost Tuesday. Uh, he was in talks with the Cowboys on Monday, right? So because of that, I thought he was going to get signed today. He obviously did not get signed today. Otherwise, that would have been breaking news. But I think DeMarcus's contract signing or a contract extension being done. And I remember I was like listening to Jane Slater and, and Jane Slater was like, oh, man, I was watching the NFL Network today. And Jane Slater was talking about like, oh, man, you know, like DeMarcus Lawrence's contract. He, his agent will fight for him. His agent got fleeced. His agent got absolutely raked over the coals. Are you kidding me? Like, for context, DeMarcus Lawrence getting, like, a $40 million extension, he's getting paid, like, 10 to $12 million annually. That's like Michael Gallup money. He's getting paid as much as Michael Gallup. Hello? Like, we understand this. He's, like, that. when I watched, when I looked at that contract, I was like, like, at first it was, like, 30 million. It, it was, like, DeMarcus Lawrence, three years, 30 million. And, I, and that's... That's quick math. That's $10 million per year for the next three years. And I was just like, they got fleeced in that job or in that contract negotiation. When I saw that, and then it was $40 million, and I was like, so it's like 12 and a half something million probably annually. Not even 12 and a half. It's like, um, is it 12 and a half? Hold on, I got a cop. <coughs> it's like 13, 14 million and a half. You know, annually, somewhere around there. So I'm like, oh, that's that's Michael Gallup money. Regardless, it's Michael Gallup money. Instead of getting paid like $14 million more, he's getting paid like $12.5, million, $13.5, Incredibly manageable. They know what's coming. They know they got to pay. They, they know they probably want to get ahead of Trevon Diggs and CeeDee Lamb within the next couple of years. And for the love of Christ, do the intelligent thing. And I was, like, screaming for, like, three years about this. I was like, get Dak Prescott extended. Get Dak Prescott signed early and often so that way you can spread out his money over the life of his contract. They did not do that. They let it get to him being a free agent twice. So now um, you're, in Dallas's case, you're going to have to extend Dak Prescott within the next two years, okay? He is in, he's going to be in the second year of his contract this year and then next year, you're going to have to look to extend him again, right? But also you're going to have to look to extend C.D. Lamb and Trevon Diggs and then Christ alive. You're going to have to try and extend Micah Parsons the year after that. So Dallas is going to have to, like Dallas is going to have to do some cap juggling over the next couple of years. And I think the DeMarcus Lawrence $30 million deal will help do that. I also, to be honest with you, would have been fine if they had just, like, cut him. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, but again, like, his whole aspect, his whole job is like, hey, I'm a pass, I'm a run-stuffing defensive end, and da-da-da-da-da. So, we'll see what happens. We will see. Hold on. Let me plug in my computer really fast. I think Bobby will get signed within the next couple of days. I think so. Apparently, he's willing to take a pay cut. I think Dallas wanted to make sure all of their ducks were in a row. To be honest with you? Hold on. I just got something. I just got something from uh, from Mike Fisher, who's like a... Um, who's like a... Uh, what is it? What is it? He is a... Uh, He's an NFL insider for the for the Dallas Cowboys here. And he's just he just he essentially just I I haven't seen the video yet. It's a video. Can I just go to his Twitter? Hold on. This would be easier if I just went to his Twitter instead of just watching this video. Mike Fisher. Not the high hockey center, the reporter. Uh 
Here we go. Where is it? He like first reported on this on March 11th saying Cowboys DC has not yet contrary to reports petition for the signing of Seahawks ex Bobby Wagner too early. It's still exploratory. And then he says that it's still true. Cowboys and Bobby Wagner, an exploratory thing. Unlikely, maybe, but not yet dead. Okay, so he's saying that it's not yet dead. Or not, excuse me, he's saying that it more likely than not will happen. I think it may happen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. They could also just be moving around some money to sign Randy Gregory, but I think it. I think it's probably going to happen. Also, I'm not going to lie to you. I love Mike Fisher. I also don't know how legitimate that source is. And the reason why I say that is that, um, dude, it's March. Uh, Teams are lying out of the wazoo at this point in time. So I'm like, love them. Don't necessarily know uh, how legitimate or how truthful that source is. But I would probably guess that they're – that they know. I mean, like, literally – Again, like in exploratory, what does that even mean? Like, dude, we know he's in Dallas right now. We know he's in Frisco. It was reported that he was flying out. I'm so confused. Again, it's weird. Anyways, um, I think Dallas is in a really, really interesting spot. We'll kind of see what happens. I think they probably will get Bobby Wagner, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. Could be wrong, but I think they will. Let's move on to the Packers. So the Packers today, they released easily their best defensive player outside of Jair Alexander. Doesn't he need a contract extension as well? The Packers are really, really screwed. And nobody is kind of talking about the Packers here. And I'm kind of concerned with the Packers. I said like a couple minutes ago that there's three teams that I believe that are going to come out of the NFC. That is the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. Right? I think the Cowboys have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think they have Dak Prescott. He's a top five guy. I think they have CeeDee Lamb, one of the best wide receivers. I think their defense is probably going to get better. And I'll actually kind of show you who they can potentially get in the draft as well. Um, in the next couple of minutes. But I first want to talk about Green Bay. So Green Bay, with Aaron Rodgers' re-signing, Jair Alexander is going into the final year of his rookie deal, right? Got signed in 2018. They waived his fifth-year option. They could technically draw this out with Jair Alexander for seven years, or they could just release him. Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the NFL. He got hurt last year. Got hurt, didn't play. This year, I mean, really, they could have extended him last year and the year before that. But, like, this year, this is the year that you need to get him done. Otherwise, he's going to get tagged. He's going to get franchise tagged. Right? And, really, you, you should have done this, like, a couple of years ago, but they didn't. Right? One of their best players on the defense. Needs a contract extension. But because Aaron Rodgers got re-signed and they, I I mean, I don't know how much of their attention or focus was just drawn to Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of years. But um, they didn't get Jair Alexander signed. And they just released their best defensive player, again, outside of Jair Alexander in Zadarius Smith. And I'm like, Green Bay's not a contender anymore. Green Bay's not a contender. And then to add insult to injury, you hear the rumors, you hear the reports of... One, Devontae Adams saying he will not play on a franchise tag. He's like, yeah, I'm not coming in. I'm not coming in. Why would I? I'm playing on a tag. Now, keep in mind, I, I, I talked about it all year long last year. I said, essentially, the Packers scheme is Aaron, make an awesome throw or a nice decision. Devontae, get open. 
That was their scheme with those two guys. Okay? It's why guys like Alan Lazard had struggled. It's why, got, why guys like Randall Cobb and, and um, other guys had struggled as well. Let me take a swig of my Perrier lime water. Sparkling lime water. Sorry about that. But the Packers, they don't have... They don't have one of their best defensive players. And you kind of... And I remember Colin Coward was talking about this today. So I'll give him a nice little tip of the cap to him. He was talking about like how... It's just like all these teams are getting better. Excuse me. You know, I mean, relatively speaking. Some of the teams are getting better. Some of the teams are getting worse. Like Dallas is kind of like a is like a subjective opinion. It's like some people will say they got worse, some people will say they got better. I'm kind of like lukewarm to Dallas. I want to see what happens in the draft when they make their move. And depending on if they get if they get Bobby Wagner, I'm like, yeah, they may be better this year. They may be. We'll see. Or at least they'll be in a position to be better, especially with the draft. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Tampa Bay didn't. Re- Tampa Bay didn't really get better because they just got Tom Brady and that's it. But again, we'll see what happens in the draft as well. I don't think with what they lost with Zadarius Smith, I don't think Green Bay got better. I think they got worse, like much worse. Because really, and Preston Smith is like an okay linebacker. He's like good for them. He's not like great. He's not like one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Like, Zedarius Smith is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Let me show you something. Zedarius Smith has been like a double-digit sack guy for the Packers since going to the Packers. He just got hurt last year. But he's been a 13-and-a-half sack guy and a 12-and-a-half sack guy for the Packers. He's been amazing. He has 14 assists, 17 assists when it comes to his tackles out of 52 total tackles. 52 and 55. He's been a monster for them. I mean, he's one of the, he is their best defensive player. Gone. Devontae Adams doesn't want to play on a tag. I don't want to say he's going to be gone, but that's obviously going to cause friction for the Green Bay Packers. And look, we can we can look at their salary cap too. Once again, right? We can look at Green Bay. Check this out. Green Bay has $21 million. They are $21 million in the red. They don't have the money to spend on Aaron, not Aaron, on Devontae Adams. He's already tagged for $20 million right now. And unfortunately for them, because of how absolutely disastrous Christian Kirk to Jacksonville was today, Christian Kirk, former wide receiver out of Arizona, uh, he just got paid after not having a thousand yard season on his career resume. How many touch? How many touchdowns did that guy get? I mean, the like I understand now, especially now why um <clears throat> now um what's his name Brian Leftwich was like I'll pass on going to Jacksonville if Trent Baalke is still there because we talked about having twelve to thirteen yards per carry, not yards per carry, yards per catch is good. He's never had a thousand yard season. I don't doubt that he can get it, but he just has never done it. He's never had a 1,000-yard season. He had five touchdowns last year, six touchdowns the year before that, but three and three, his rookie in his sophomore season, he seems to be on the uptick. However, I'm not going to pay a wide receiver $20 million almost annually for less than 1,000 yards. Like, is he a number one wide receiver? I don't think so. I think he's like a good to great number two. But a number one, eh. I don't know. I don't know. But Christian Kirk just got paid almost $20 million annually. D-Hop, not D-Hop. Devontae is like, (laughs) I'm about to get my money. (laughs) He's like, I'm about to get paid. And you know he is because it's just, I mean, like, that's a terrible contract. Oh, my God. That's so bad. Why would they do that to themselves? I don't know. They're the Jags. But the Jags, they overpaid. And now Devontae is like, I want 
30 fucking million dollars because I am way better than Christian Kirk. He probably is asking for it, but he probably won't get it. And it, it's frustrating for me as like, you know, as somebody who, you know, like watches a lot of players for the draft. It's just like, dude, Jacksonville, you probably could have gotten a really, really awesome draft pick in the top of the second round. But, you know, their their GM isn't very smart. <laughs> he's, he's not. He is not. But um, Green, like Green Bay, man, God, man, they're 20 million over. They're going to have to offer Devontae Adams so much fucking money. And, I, like, I feel like the allure of Aaron is just gone, you know? I feel like after that 49ers loss where, it, like, they had they had everything. They had – and he had everything as well. And I thought Aaron really was potentially going to go to the Super Bowl this year, if I'm honest with you, if I'm 100% honest with you. Like a lot of like Dallas got a lot of shit for that loss against the 49ers. To me, the loss against the 49ers for the Green Bay Packers should have been like should have should have gotten way more attention and way more backlash than the Cowboys. Right? It was just an epic utter collapse by the Green Bay Packers. I was shocked by how badly they had played, especially Aaron where he like Looking back on that now, I was uh, like, like I thought that he had full control over the game, but he was just passive. He was just passive. He was just like, I'll just not lose the game. And he was never aggressive. He never tried to push the ball down the field. He never really, you know, was aggressive in, in attacking the 49ers defense. And, you know, lo and behold, the 49ers got a, a couple of players to swing their way and they won the football game. Like, I don't necessarily think that Aaron... I don't think if you put him against Tom Brady or Matt Stafford, he can win. I, I just don't, I just don't see it. I watched the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, and this had su such a profound effect on my life, uh, especially when I'm playing fucking Elden Ring and I gotta slay a bajillion bosses in the game, and uh, I'm I'm just like in this mindset of you know of the bosses essentially, you know like um he he's like. He has like a quarter of his health or a third of his health left. And I just remember the Michael Jordan saying in the last dance that he talks about the final sequence against the Utah Jazz. He talks about how, you know, um, he felt that he had the drive or the jump shot and he just picked his moment to attack. And that's that's what I do in Elden Ring. I pick my moment to attack. I feel like Aaron just he doesn't pick his moment to attack. I feel like more so specifically, he doesn't really attack. kind of a problem and you know his division is shitty it really is it's one of the worst divisions in the NFL and they always bend over backwards to help Aaron Rodgers win the division from where I'm sitting I mean I just like they just don't compete against the Packers you know like they're for for me, if I was ever a GM, and if I was in you know a division like Green Bay or Tampa Bay or New England or not New England, excuse me, the AFC East when Tom was playing in that division, the first thing that I would do, the first goal that I would have is to consistently beat those teams, the best teams in my division, because if we can beat those teams, we can beat any team consistently, because those are the best teams in the conference, and I feel like they just don't gloss, they, not gloss, excuse me, they just gloss over that fact of like, yeah, we can just do our own thing and we can go here and we can go there and we can do whatever we want. And it's like, no, you, you need to beat those teams in your division because those are the best teams in the conference and in the NFL. And if you can beat those guys, you can beat anybody. What the hell is Detroit doing to counteract Aaron? They don't have a quarterback that can beat them. They don't have pass rush. Same thing goes with with um with the Bears and with the Vikings. They can't counteract the Packers. But when you finally have a guy that can kind of like, you know, make a couple of plays in Jimmy Garoppolo or even Matt Stafford, you're like, oh, okay, like, 
And we can we can counteract Aaron. We can beat Aaron. It kind of it, it irks me. Anyways, Green Bay, I would say, is officially out as a Super Bowl contender. We'll see what happens in the draft, but like right now, if you're telling me that, and keep in mind, I'm consider, I'm taking Devonte out of man of his word. I, I, I am think, I am saying right now, like unless Devonte Adams tells me different, I believe him when he says I will not play under a franchise tag. So, this probably needed to have been said first. So, I don't believe he's going to play football this year unless he gets his money. Uh, there's precedent to this. This it's called Le'Veon Bell, except Devonte plays wide receiver which lasts significantly longer than, <clears throat> excuse me, than, uh, than running back. So I, like, like I'm, I'm ready for this. They got Aaron, but did they get, but did they lose Devontae Adams in the process because they just lost to Darius Smith? Green Bay is not a contender. Let's talk about why Dallas is, right? So once again, I think Dallas will be able to, to get somebody in the first round of this year's draft. And it seems more and more likely that they could potentially get one of the best wide receivers in the draft. They could potentially get a really, really awesome offensive lineman in the draft as well. It seems like on a lot of people's boards, Kenyon Green, the guard out of AM, has fallen as well. Nicobe Dean, Devin Lloyd have fallen on people's boards. What a surprise! What a surprise! Linebackers aren't as important as people expect them to be. What a surprise! But let me also also go on another draft site here. Hold on. Let me see where they have. I'm on um, Pro Football Network. They have probably the best mock draft simulator when it comes to evaluations of players their evaluations of players line up with mine but we can also check pff network and the draft network as well which i think they're those are like the three big mock draft simulators by the way if you're like interested in doing dra uh, mock drafts but uh, let me let me run one for dallas on pff We'll do one first round, and we'll be fast. Go. Go, and then we'll do one for the Cowboys, Mock Draft Network, or just the Draft Network, excuse me. But first, let's look at Pro Football Network, which, in my opinion, has one of the hardest mock, uh, not mock, yeah, mock draft simulators, some of the better, some of the evaluations that line up with me. And my um, in my perception of how the league essentially is. So, <clears throat> right now, on their board, on their big board, they're like Kenyon Green is the thirtieth best player in the draft, right? Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean have essentially fallen into the twenties, and essentially, if I'm not mistaken, all of the wide receivers. Oh, <laughs> no, not even all of the wide receivers have been taken. Excuse me. Traylon Burks is their 32nd overall prospect. He's one of my favorite wide receivers in this year's draft. 32nd overall prospect in this year's draft. Not to mention guys that I like, like Jahan Dotson and Alec Pierce, are potentially going to be available when Dallas drafts in the second round. When do they draft in the second round? I'm not very sure. I'll have to look that up in a second. The point that I'm trying to make, and we can look at a lot of different drafts, the point that I'm trying to make here is that literally Dallas has some of the best players available in the draft, like Traylon Burks used to be like a top 10, top 15 player. Now he's fallen all the way to 32 because he ran a fucking slow, quote unquote slow, 40 time for a 220 pound wide receiver. People are idiots. That shouldn't be a surprise. But they have Traylon Burks. This is on the hardest draft simulator, by the way. And it's like, I'm like looking at it. And I'm like checking 
yeah, like Travon Walker goes early. That makes sense. Ahmad Gardner, Tyler Linderbaum went early. Garrett Wilson, Zion Johnson is like a guard that people really, really liked or started to like really, really, really recently. Excuse me, Jamison Williams, Andrew Booth Jr. People just started to realize, oh my God, Andrew Booth Jr. is a really, really good cornerback. Hey, maybe you should have watched his fucking tape before you had opinions about him. George Karloftis goes, Trevor Penning, who's an awesome tackle, Daxton Hill, Kenny Pickett goes to the Steelers, Chris Olave goes, Drake London goes to the Raiders, and David Ajabo places Chandler Jones for Arizona. Arizona just signed Chandler. It's one of the best. I'm sick of I'm sick of hatred on Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is a Hall of Fame edge player. Oh, he oh he's not. Oh, okay, you've never seen him play and you've never looked at his statistics. Way to expose yourself as being uneducated and uninformed. Let me show you something. Last year, he had 10 and a half sacks, okay? In 2020, he was hurt, but in 2019, he had 19 sacks. 2018, he had 13. I'll just list off his sacks going all the way back to 2014. From 2019, 19, 8, 13, excuse me, 17, 11, 12 and a half, back to the only time in his career outside of 2020, again, when he was hurt, his rookie year, the only other time that he's not been in double-digit sacks was in 2014. Arizona signed Chandler. He's like your, he's one of your best defensive players. Get over yourself. Nobody cares. Anyways, um, once again, hardest draft simulator I know of. Pro Football Network. I always have like five or six, maybe seven or eight. Uh, mock drafts on Pro Football Network where I just, you know, I just go through it and I, you know, I, I just look at the first round. I make sure I'm doing things correctly. I'm, I, I want to understand what, what people's perspectives are on the draft. They're like, you know what, Dallas? You'll be able to get Kenyon Green. You'll be able to get Traylon Burks. You'll be able to get both linebackers just in case if you don't get Bobby Wagner. You'll be able to get a corner as well. You'll be able to get Jaquan Bisker, I think. Brisker. You'll be able to get... Lewis Sign as well, the safety out of Georgia. You'll be able to get a lot of players if you're Dallas, okay? That's in the hardest draft, mock draft simulator, okay? It's essentially the exact same thing for PFF. I don't trust PFF as much. Traylon Burks is still available, Daxton Hill, Jaquan Brisker, et cetera, et cetera, right? If we go over to mock... Not mock, I always say the Mock Draft Network. It's just the Draft Network. Somehow, someway, Garrett Wilson falls because they haven't rated him very highly. Drake London fell. Traylon Burks fell. Kenyon Green fell. So, a lot of key players, a lot of important players that could help the Cowboys next season, offensively and defensively, fell to the Cowboys in the drafts that I just ran for you. I just ran those players. Just ran the drafts. Studs, star players, pro bowlers potentially, just fell. They're like, here you go. And I always say this. I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't really trade up in the first round, but if you told me it's like I could trade up in the second round, I would. And I keep saying this, and this is a really, really interesting equation. I'm kind of shocked that the Bengals haven't already traded for Leo Collins. I'd be like, here's here's our first round draft pick. It's a second rounder. And if I'm Dallas, I'm like, here, hey, we're fine with that. Let me show you something, right? So let's say, for example, let me let me redo a draft. Right? Let me show you something interesting. If you're this is like all things going well for the Cowboys, by the way. Alright, we'll just say. I, I'm, I'm going to swap on over to... Actually, let me... I have to do both teams. Hold on. Let me go back to Pro Football Network. We'll enter into their mock draft simulator, right? Let me show you how this one works, right? So, boom, boom, boom. I now have the 24th pick, which is Dallas, and then I have the 31st pick, which is Cincinnati's, right? Except the mock draft simulator is going way too fast freaking slow so let's do this let's do this let's do this and we'll treat both of their their draft picks we'll treat both of the, the two different teams as if dallas had two first round draft picks okay so essentially it's the same situation right 
I still get Kenyon Green. I still get Zion Johnson. I still get a bunch of really awesome players. I'll take Kenyon Green. Thank you very much with the Cowboys' first pick. And then with the 31st pick, I have Traylon Burks and Dax Hill, and I have Jaquan Brisker. I have awesome players literally all over the place for Dallas. Now, will they get the 31st pick? Is that wishful thinking? Yeah, kind of, but there's also logic tied into it. We'll kind of see what happens with Dallas and um, and Leo Collins. But yes, they could easily get one of their first. They could easily get the 31st overall pick. Dallas may be negotiating with the Bengals here for Leo Collins. I would just, I mean, make the trade. Jesus Christ, Bengals. Just make it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting situation in the draft. And really, not even in the draft. It's going to be an interesting next couple of days, if I'm like 100% honest with you. It's going to be very, very interesting. So, another kind of team to talk about here is... What is it? It's the Browns, man. There's like multiple reports coming out. I don't know where they are. I don't know where they're coming from. Apparently, the Browns are apparently pursuing Deshaun Watson. I know Deshaun had meetings today, Monday, with the Saints and with the Panthers. I don't think he's going to go to the Panthers. Uh... I don't know if he's going to go. I don't think he's going to go to the Panthers. Like, why? I don't know if he's going to go to the Saints. It would be different if Sean Payton was there. Sean Payton is obviously not there. So, I don't know if he's going to go there. It'd be interesting, though. But a place where he would be one of the best quarterbacks in the division, if not the best quarterback, the Browns. And apparently, they're pursuing Deshaun Watson. And it's like, look. I have repeatedly said, not a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I'm not. And I was in the sense of, I wanted to see what he would do last season, and he did not really do a whole lot. Um, you could argue, well, he was hurt. And I, and I would argue, well, what did he do before he was hurt? Oops. He had Odell Beckham Jr. And he had Jarvis Landry, two good receivers, and he did nothing with them. I mean, he was more consistent with Jarvis, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't great. I don't know. He rubs me the wrong way, and the Browns kind of do as well with the trade of Amari Cooper. Now, again, people are like, we got him for pennies. I'm like, look, to me, it's like another version of Odell Beckham Jr. in the sense of, like, it really doesn't matter unless Baker actually has like a rapport with Amari Cooper. And unlike Baker, I know for a fact Dak Prescott works. Like that's all the brother does. He just works. He has a dog on football built in his backyard. I know he works. I've seen him. Baker, I don't know if he does work as much as Dak does. And the thing that kind of worries me about Baker is that Dak was easily the best quarterback that Amari was with and playing with, and Derek Derek Carr obviously was not. So what would happen if he goes essentially to the worst quarterback that he's ever played with? I think they, I think the Browns just wasted like twenty something million dollars in a fifth round pick on Amari Cooper because I don't think Baker has the aptitude for improving. Amari Cooper getting him playing at a, you know, at a decent level. And then to make matters worse, or to make matters more interesting, maybe not worse, to make matters more interesting, you have kind of it getting floated out there that apparently the Browns are talking to Deshaun Watson. And if they are, I'm like, hmm, that's a pretty smart, you know, move for them to make to go after Deshaun Watson and get him on the football team versus 
having, for example, Baker Mayfield. And that would make the situation with Amari Cooper make a little bit more sense. Where you're going to have to pay Deshaun like $40 fucking million a year. So you're still paying a shit ton of money. However, you're getting one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know. The Browns, they're in a very, very interesting situation. Also, apparently, J.C. Jackson just signed with the, um, what was it, with the Chargers. They got J.C. Jackson. The Chargers got J.C. Jackson. Wow, but, like, the Chargers are loaded this year. Who's the GM's name? Tom Telesero or something like that? I forgot his name. But they got, like, like think about think about the, um, the Chargers here for a couple of minutes, right? They have Kenneth Murray. The linebacker that they got, I think, from Oklahoma, who was, like, one of the best linebackers in his draft class. What are his numbers? I haven't, like, checked in on Kenneth Murray. It's just, like, as long as you're productive and as long as you get, like, a bajillion tackles, it kind of doesn't matter that much. Kenneth Murray. What are his numbers? Looks like he was hurt last year. But his numbers are like good for a linebacker. You know, he's a he's like he's a linebacker. He gets like, you know, in his first season, he gets over 100 tackles, 107 tackles, 39 assists. You're like, oh, that's that's good. You're fine with that. He's like a late first round draft pick. You're fine with that. He's not a sack guy at all. Looks like he may have been hurt. He only played in how many games? One, two, three, seven games. You're not, like, juiced up. You're not excited that he only played in seven games. But, you know, we'll see about him in his third year. So, they have Kenneth Murray. They have Duran James. They have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack now. And then they just added on one of the best corners in the NFL, in my opinion, in J.C. Jackson. Now, it's going to be very, very interesting to see the Patriots without J.C. Jackson because they also, you know, this season, this offseason, lost Deontay Hightower as well. They're their middle linebacker. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and with them, especially because I don't think they have an option at corner. And I don't know if they want to draft a corner as well. I think that's going to be interesting, like what they do with their first round draft pick, because it's like, do we help Mac Jones or do we go out and do we get a corner? I don't. I don't know. But, yeah, they just released J.C. Jackson. The Chargers took full advantage. It looks like the Chargers may want to try and stop or at least contend, excuse me, with the um, with both the Broncos now and the Chiefs by going defense. And it's like, look, I'm, I'm all for upgrading your defense. I'm also for helping your star quarterback in Justin Herbert. That's what I'm up for. They don't really seem up for that as well unfortunately which I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't do more to try and help out help out um Justin this offseason some people would say well signing well signing um what's his face signing Mike Williams helps and I'm like Mike Williams is a 50 is like a perennial 50 50 ball guy he's not really a route runner I, I don't really consider him that great of a wide receiver. I feel like he's very, very, like, formulaic, in my opinion, in his approach. But, you know, maybe not formulaic is the best way to describe it. I feel like I feel like I can get a lot of players that can do, that can do the exact same thing, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, um, when are you going to help your uh, your quarterback? Maybe help him instead of getting a bunch of defensive players, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. They got the chargers got JC Jackson, you know, good job. Weird thing that kind of happened today. Washington got worse this off season. Like not, Oh, they kind of got worse. It's like, no, objectively, subjectively, they categorically got worse. And it's just like, well, why did they get worse? Well, first and foremost, they got Carson Wentz. So, I mean, that's how they started off the offseason. And then second of all, 
they let go of their best offensive lineman in Brandon Sher- Sharif Sheriff. I think he's a Jacksonville Jaguar now. So they let go of their best offensive lineman and they got a quarterback who doesn't really have any intangibles when it comes to his leadership and also is uh is extremely like uh I don't want to say pessimistic is a great way to describe it, but he he essentially blames his teammates a bunch. Just saying, you know, just uh, just saying. I don't really know what they're supposed to do. I like I don't I don't feel like I was about to say the Browns, but it's just Washington. I I don't think that people realize just how like screwed the God damn it, not the Browns, the um the Washington football team is. Like, I mean, people are like, they're one quarterback away. They're a great defense and da-da-da-da-da. And it's just like, I I don't think so at all. I think they're like a couple of de- – I think they're not a couple of defenses away, excuse me. I think they're like now a couple of pieces on the offensive line away. And I think that they were already that when they had Brandon. I thought they needed another tackle at the very least. And I also felt that they needed a um, potentially – like uh like like another interior offensive lineman as well. Like I felt like they were like two pieces away. And now they're like three pieces away. And now they're missing like one of the best guards in the NFL. That's interesting. That's interesting. Very, very excited to see what's gonna happen with Washington next year. Probably a lot of losses, if I uh would uh would guess. Anyways. I'm peacing out for tonight. I'm tired. We'll talk probably more about free agency tomorrow and then Wednesday. We'll talk about quarterbacks and pro days and stuff like that. And inevitably, we'll talk about basketball. Anyways, I'm peacing out for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. 184's podcast.